Hello and welcome to the Bedtime Story Cast, a podcast where I talk and you fall asleep. My name is Mike Carnes, and before we set off on a journey full of wonder of majestic proportions, take a moment to still yourself, relax and get comfortable under the covers. And now let's begin a journey of Smoky Mountain Magic by Jan Welch. Sweet Dreams Sarah walked to the window and pulled back the sheer curtain that diffused the late afternoon sunlight, causing a golden radiance to wash over the worn wooden floors of her uncle's cabin. This mini vacation was just what she needed. Three days of breathing fresh mountain air, listening to nothing but the whispers of wind through the trees and the babbling of the narrow creek that ran like a shiny ribbon across the property, all punctuated by the mysterious, at least to her, a city girl, calls, trills, and howls of creatures she had yet to catch a glimpse of. She glanced over at her laptop, which she had set up earlier on the kitchen table. Why had she bothered to bring it up here? This was supposed to be a getaway, a chance to completely unplug and rejuvenate her spirit. Sarah sighed. At least she hadn't unpacked the files she had also brought. She was just so task-oriented, definitely a type A. But this, this remote cabin tucked away in the woods without Wi-Fi, was a type B place. Surveying the room, she considered what she could do. There were some ratty paperbacks on the shelf and a couple of jigsaw puzzles. There was an old television. Did it even work without internet or cable? An impromptu hike. That's what she needed. It would get her out of the house and all her work out of her mind. She grabbed an apple and a granola bar and stuffed them into a small backpack along with a light rain jacket. She knew from the many childhood summer weekends spent here that storms could move in across the mountains from nowhere with little warning. As Sarah opened the door and stepped out onto the covered front porch, she was immediately transported back to a vivid memory from when she was 12. The air was thick with the sweet scent of honeysuckle, just like that day in June when she and Ellie and Jake had snuck away from the rest of the family to begin work on their secret place. She wondered if it was still there or if her uncle had decided that the lopsided fort made of scrap wood and old tires was an eyesore. She descended the steps and rounded the corner of the cabin. It was much wilder and overgrown than she remembered. Masses of kudzu blanketed the ground, the bushes, and anything standing in its way. It then crept into the trees morphing them and creating an ambiguous landscape void of any detail. 
Still, she could make out a remnant of a path that led to the edge of the thick woods where the ubiquitous vines hadn't yet invaded. At the rate Kudzu grew, she wondered if the path would be eaten up by the time she got back to this spot. Sarah followed the path, and at the old poplar stump, she turned left and continued into the forest until she saw the pile of debris that she and her favorite cousins had worked on so hard. It made her smile to think of the hours they had spent sneaking bits and pieces from the cabin to construct their special hideaway. They had thought themselves so clever, but now she suspected that the adults had probably been amused and looked the other way. Mismatched forks and spoons they thought wouldn't be missed. Fishing line, mason jars and other basement treasures. After they had built the basic structure and were satisfied that it would protect them from anything they could imagine, hordes of Vikings invading, landlocked pirates, crazy moonshiners, and of course, bears. They decided it needed a finishing touch, something that made the place look special and fancy. She had been the one to carefully craft the wind chime. After stringing the silverware and assorted jar lids, Sarah had picked the perfect spot to hang it. A spot where it would catch just enough breeze to sway and play a pleasant tinkling. Sarah crossed to a dogwood tree, its branches forming a canopy over the ruins of Fort. She was pretty sure that this was the branch where it had hung. Yes, she could see a bit of knotted string, its ends broken and frayed. With the toe of her hiking boot, she dug around in the layers of decaying leaves and pine needles to see if any pieces were buried underneath the detritus. Nothing. A brown squirrel scurried up the trunk of the dogwood, pausing halfway up to look at her with its beady little eyes. Was he inviting her to stay? Or warning her that this was his territory now? After a brief stare down, it fluffed its tails as if saluting her and disappeared into the foliage above. Taking a cue from the squirrel, she turned and made her way back to the stump and was relieved that the kudzu had not advanced. She had to think a minute and get her bearings, but she was pretty sure if she continued walking straight ahead, up the gradual incline, she'd eventually reach a large rock where she and her cousins had also played. It was the perfect place to watch the sun set over the gentle, zigzagged horizon of mountain peaks. As Sarah walked, she was amazed at the quiet. It wasn't silent by any means, but the forest seemed to envelop her in a calm stillness, 
a stillness that she wasn't used to experiencing, even in the privacy of her own apartment. Despite the rustling her footsteps made in the carpet of leaves and the occasional cry from a chickadee, the serenity was palpable. And then there was the incredible greenness all around her, glowing like someone had switched on a neon light. She thought there must be every verdant shade on the color wheel growing here. Large, shiny emerald leaves, bright chartreuse vines, and the frosty bluish green of spruce. Each tree and shrub was a vibrant character, and when a breath of wind swept through, churning the forest floor, the leaves danced and fluttered, showing off a whole new set of hues. She imagined an earthy painter sneaking in at twilight with his palette to touch up his handiwork. A low rumble of distant thunder interrupted her musings. She unzipped her backpack, pulled out her jacket, and tied it loosely around her shoulders. It was a little warm to put it on until she truly needed it. The slope grew steeper and her climb a little slower, but she didn't mind. Grasping at roots and rocks jutting out from the ground gave her the opportunity to marvel at the plush patches of moss flourishing beneath her. Like the trees, there was such an astonishing variety. Some were so smooth, they looked like small rounded pillows of velvet. Others had the tiniest lacy fronds hovering over a suede-like surface. And still another kind stretched its delicate fingers across the rocks, clinging on for life, literally. As a child, she hadn't really ever taken the time to notice the intricate beauty of these little mossy cushions underfoot. She was too intent on beating Ellie as they scrambled to the top. Now, without the spirit of competition and the carefree haste of youth, she relished taking her time and stopping to appreciate nature's thumbprint. The air, which had felt just damp and heavy when she started out, was now a light mist, barely visible, but coating her legs and arms in a thin, wet film. Sarah untied her jacket and slipped it on. She guessed she wasn't far from the rock, which had a pronounced ledge that formed on an overhang. If the rain picked up, she could keep dry under its protection. In a few minutes, she reached the rock she and her cousins had dubbed the castle so many years ago. Its wide expanse pushed the trees back, creating a somewhat flat space in the wide open. Ellie, Jake, and she had loved daring each other, seeing who could get closest to the edge. It had felt adventurous, but in reality, the drop from the top of the rock to the mountainside was only about 10 feet down. Enough to feel thrilling 
but not truly dangerous. Here, away from chores, summer break reading goals, and grown-ups, the three of them had staged battles, enjoyed picnics of peanut butter sandwiches, spent hours trying to carve their initials into the impenetrable granite, and shared their hopes and dreams. All while lying in the sun, feeling the comforting warmth from the rock rise up against their bare legs and arms. But there was no sun now. The mist had become a steady drizzle. Sarah crawled under the overhang and nestled herself in a dense bed of ferns. She breathed in deeply. The earthy, slightly musty smell of moist leaves mixed with the fresh pine scent of the rain, had a calming effect on her, a natural aromatherapy. Hugging her knees tight to her chest, she sat and looked out through the curtain of rain at the gray landscape in front of her. Although she knew they were there, she couldn't see the mountains across the valley. They were obscured by the heavy clouds and fog, Simply for something to do while she waited for the shower to pass, she nibbled at her granola bar and examined the lichen formations on the rock above her. Again, she was in awe of the unique design of each cluster. Like faded flowers artistically spread out across the rock, they had the look of an impressionist painting. She reached out and rubbed her fingers over one. It was rougher than she had expected. As she reached to touch another one, out of the corner of her eye, she caught a movement in the ferns. Keeping herself absolutely still, she waited until her visitor made himself known. A chipmunk with its signature twin stripes popped its tiny head above a fern. She held her breath, knowing that the slightest movement would scare him away. Between his paws, he held some sort of seed, and his nose quivered with anticipation. Sarah broke off a piece of her snack, but not surprisingly, either the noise or her movement sent him scampering back into the brush. Sarah smiled and leaned her head back against the rock. The temperature had dropped, and she felt cool and peaceful, but remarkably cozy considering she was sitting on the ground under a rock. Listening to the drone of the rainfall lulled her into a dreamy state of complete relaxation. She was beginning to understand why type Bs liked to do nothing. Nothing was nice, so nice. She must have actually dozed off because when she opened her eyes, the rain had stopped and the only sound was the intermittent drops of water hitting the foliage. A few wisps of clouds hung like hammocks suspended over the mountains and low on the western horizon, the sun was shining. 
it wouldn't be long until the sun set. Sarah scooted out from her spot under the rock and clambered to the top. The sky above her had cleared, but low across the mountains, swaths of misty clouds floated here and there. It was easy to see how the Smoky Mountains got their name. The wisps of clouds looked like drifts of smoke from some unseen fire that singed the mountains. Not black, but varying shades of blue and purple, from cobalt and indigo to violet and amethyst. She remembered her uncle telling her that the Cherokee people who lived in this area over 1,000 years ago called it Land of the Blue Smoke, and how the mist, or smoke, was actually created by the trees respirating or breathing out, producing heavy moisture. This ancient forest had been emitting hydrocarbons for millions of years. So that was the scientific explanation. But as Sarah stood, gazing across the majestic scene from what felt like the top of the world, it seemed too magical and mysterious to be reduced to biological systems and ecology. For her, the Smokies would always be an awe-inspiring refuge, a place of ever-changing beauty and tranquility. By now, the last fragments of cloud had disappeared, and the lower edge of the sun, a fiery red orb, was just resting on the peaks across the valley. The sky around it was a vast, glorious display of vivid pinks, gold, and coral. Sarah stood perfectly still, almost holding her breath as she watched it slowly, silently, sink beneath the mountaintops. Logically, Sarah knew that what she had just witnessed was an everyday occurrence, a natural, rhythmic marking of time. The same moment happening every 24 hours for eternity. But for her, the experience was humbling and at the same time transcendent. The magnificence of that mountain sunset seemed to contain every moment of her life, transforming her disappointments and disillusions into optimism and inspiration. She was grateful that she'd been here alone, so she could selfishly believe nature had performed the sublime event just for her. Sarah lingered a few more minutes to absorb it all taking in the panorama one last time in the fading daylight before she climbed down the rock. She checked under the ledge to see if her little friend the chipmunk had come back to claim her gift, but the chunk of granola bar was still where she had left it. She was pretty sure he was watching her right now, waiting for her to leave so he could snatch the treat. On her way back to the cabin, she was aware of a freeness that was new to her. As she retraced her steps downhill through the trees and vines, 
She felt like water flowing through a path of least resistance. She was loose and content and totally relaxed. It was dusk now. The katydids were chirping their night song, and a few fireflies had already begun their show. Little pulses of yellow light welcoming her back to the cabin. Reaching for the doorknob, she paused. There was no need to hurry back inside just yet. She turned back around and eased herself into one of the pair of old rockers on the porch and closed her eyes.